Let's get this. Welcome in. Coming to you live from the capital city of the great state, overlooking downtown Austin and the University of Texas. Welcome to the now bi-weekly broadcast that understands the pride and tradition of the Texas football program will never be entrusted to the timber of the week. This is the Eyes on Texas Multicast. Uh, we are a product of the Republic of Football on the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Podcast Network. Uh, we're all powered by our presenting partners at Grande Equipment. I am Aaron Hogan, morning show host at The Horn here in Austin. Also, he is the senior writer at Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. He is Mike Craven. Mike, we're a little over uh, 24 hours away now to home game number two, game number three for the Longhorns, the Wyoming Cowboys at DKR. And we'll go in and get into some of the big subplots and conversations of this game. But big picture, the Longhorns are a four-touchdown favorite. So uh, what can we glean from this Wyoming team? Uh, but are you ready to roll here? I got another home game coming. Yeah, ready to roll. I, I think for Texas this week is about maturity. You know, how how do they handle the success? Because the failure is kind of easy to handle, right? You you face adversity, the coaches can light you up and you go back out there and, and try to prove yourself. Uh, when you win a big game like that and then you go and play against a team that, as you mentioned, you're, you're four touchdown favorites against, you know, how do you handle that? How do you get up for that? How do you play early on? We'll see that from Texas this week. It is the multicast. It keeps you on top of all things Texas football. We call it a multicast because it's available to watch weekly and now bi-weekly. We report on Mondays and Thursdays. We drop it on Tuesdays and Fridays, uh, reviewing the game on Monday uh, for the previous week's game and then looking forward, which we will do here over the next 30 or 45 minutes. Uh, it's available on Dave Campbell's Texas Football YouTube channel when it does drop. Also on the Horn FM and Austin YouTube pages and available for download on iTunes and Spotify. And as we said, presented by Grande Equipment. And we'll also tell you about our presenting partners outside of Grande, our founding partners here on the Eyes on Texas multicast. But you said it, the word is complacency for Wyoming, right? How do you play to a bar? I love that, uh, uh, you know, J Texas team leaders like Jalen Ford and Quinn Yours are the ones talking about the rat poison, right? Jalen Ford on, a, on Sunday afternoon uh, after the Longhorns had won the game, uh, beat the Alabama, all the jubilation that comes with that. It was Jalen Ford who had a simple tweet. Okay, I've seen enough. It's all rat poison now, right? Uh, this is what you want to hear from the leaders of your football team, that uh, we've now set a bar. We've achieved uh, one of our main goals, which is to beat Alabama. But now let's make that into something special, not just a big win. Yeah, I mean, that's why you want upperclassmen leaders on this football team. It's something that, that Texas has probably struggled with over the last decade or so. It's just having, you know, experienced leaders who get it, who can be extensions of the coaching staff. You know, I went to UTSA, and so Jeff Trailers, you know, the head coach of my football team, and he has a saying that says, you know, don't eat the cheese. And it's that same thing, right? Like, don't fall into that mousetrap where you're nibbling on the cheese and all of a sudden it comes spring-loaded on top of you. Now, I don't think Texas is in much danger of losing this game. I think even if they play a C-plus, B-minus game, it'll be like Rice, uh, where it just doesn't look all that pretty, but they still win. Uh, but if you're the Longhorns, you want more than that. You want to come out dominate early get those backups in uh, use it as kind of a pseudo break week you know before you go into the big 12 kind of just show your dominance and again prove to yourself prove, prove to your coaching staff uh, that you take each and every week seriously because that's where we are with Texas we know that they're good enough to get up and beat anybody on the schedule they already did they probably beat the best team that they're going to face this year the next test for Texas is doing it week in and week out you know, Wyoming may be a good test for that because on paper, it's not going to be one that excites a bunch of guys in the locker room. You know, they didn't grow up waiting to beat Wyoming like they did waiting to beat Alabama. It's not a rivalry. It's not a conference game. It's a week before one of those. And so, uh, again, I think it's complacency, like you said, maturity, and just that ability to put a good thing behind you and, and go out and compete and play to your level 
not to your competitions. Yeah, not just play the game Saturday, but uh, prepare. Prepare for the game like you prepared for Alabama. That's something Sark has said. Let's We've set a bar, but how did we accomplish the mission in Alabama? We had a heck great week of practice. Uh, and then we turned that to the field. And obviously the fourth quarter dominance and overcoming some early adversity and some things that didn't go their way at Alabama. Now you now and that becomes what it feels like when I'm hearing from the players. And we got to see it is that that's the mindset. Right. I, I I saw what the the outcome of the work is. Uh, the work leads to the outcome. And if they continue to do that, they're going to be fine in this game and for a lot of their games this year, because let's be honest. Um, we won't overlook this game. We'll get you the scouting report of the Wyoming Cowboys and what you're going to see if you watch this game on LHN uh, tomorrow night and what you're going to see if you go to the game or going to be one of the – I'm sure it will be a huge crowd to, to come in and congratulate the Horns on the big win. They're going to want to see some stuff. But, um, you know, how, how do you, you know, continue to, to, to build that direction for something big? I know Urban Meyer this week said he would vote them number one in the country if he could. That's a little bit of that rat poison. Don't eat the cheese, Craven. Uh, don't do it. But, you know, it, it's going to be the challenge to get up every single week, uh, you know, not stub the toe, uh, find a way to win these football games. Uh, so Wyoming is 2-0 and as well. Um, you know, it's a 28-point line, 28-and-a-half. But they're 2-0. and They beat Texas Tech in week one, a game that uh, was 17 to nothing Texas Tech when it started. It looked like the Red Raiders were going to run away from them. And next thing you know, it's a tight game. And this is what the one word I would use for Wyoming, seeing them for two games now, gritty. Mm-hmm. You know, they're from Wyoming, right? They live in Laramie. Uh, you know, winners there are tough. You got to be tough to live in Wyoming. I, I worked there in the, in the summertime during college. I didn't ever work there in the wintertime, though, because I wouldn't have wanted to. Um, but they're tough. They, they, they fought their way back. I think Texas Tech may have put their foot, took their foot off the gas a little bit. But this is a team that is veteran. They have 17 returning starters, Mike, 10 on defense. Uh, my, my friend Rod Babers and co-host on the morning show I do here in Austin says they have one of the best core linebackers that he's seen, not just in the Mountain West Conference, but maybe around the country. Uh, but their secondary is a little weak. Offensively, not as many returning starters, but they have a six-year quarterback uh, who, anytime you see that, man, these guys played a lot of football. Uh, his name is Peasley, uh, plays quarterback Andrew Peasley. He's probably tougher than he is good, right? He's one of those guys <laughs> yes. that isn't the most accurate player, but what have you seen from him that uh, – uh, the, the, let's start with the offense for Wyoming that the Longhorns are, are concerned about. Yeah, I think gritty is the right word. You know, they're not going to be explosive. They're not going to score 50 points even on, on bad competition. Whether they beat Portland State last week, they scored 31 points. They scored uh, 35 in that win over Texas Tech, and that included some overtime. And so um, they're going to play sound football. They're You know, they're okay with punting. You know, they're trying not to turn the ball over. You know, Peasley, as you mentioned, five touchdowns, one uh, interception, only averaging 195 yards passing. A game, or I think 175 yards passing a game. So they're not going to put too much on them. Uh, but when they needed plays against Texas Tech, he was able to uh, to get those done. They have a couple of good wide receivers. Uh, the running, the football has been pretty good. That's where they've made most of their hay so far. Uh, Sam Scott, their running back, 6.3 yards a carry. Peasley is also a runner. Uh, you know, he averages about 50 yards a game so far through two games. So he can hurt you with your legs too, as well. Not so much designed. Uh, but you know, like when plays break down or he needs to go do something, he can do that with his legs. So kind of a pesky Wyoming offense, not one that Texas is going to have too many problems with. It's actually a lot like rice, uh, where they're capable of going and making those plays. The offensive line is is pretty decent, uh, but they're just not going to have the size and the speed to really threaten Texas. They're going to have to do that schematically. So this comes down to one of those games where Texas just needs to be assignment sound and the athletes should carry them through the rest of it. 
Yeah, we'll talk about the Texas game plan and how to attack this team. And, you know, there, there's there's the in-game micro game plan, but then the big picture for both teams, too, that we'll talk about. But you mentioned the running game. They want to they shorten this game, right, with the new clock rules and get shorter games, fewer possessions in college football. They've got a guy named Harrison Whaley who's uh, making his debut against Texas. He comes in from uh, northern Illinois where he led that team in rushing last year, 5'10", 195-pounder, uh, pretty, pretty thick dude. They're going to try to run this ball and control this clock. They're not – now, again, that's a that's a challenge against this Texas front with Devondre Sweat and Byron Murphy and Ethan Burke setting the edge. What we've seen from this team so far, Jalen Ford, as we just mentioned, uh, that becomes the challenge for me if I'm Craig Bowl. My strength is their strength. Um, you know, I'm not dynamic throwing the ball. We'd rather they've, – they've run the ball 83 times this year and thrown it only 50. So they're, they're almost two to one uh, run to pass. But does that work against Texas? Because as you found out with Rice – if you're third and third and long all the time against this team, that's not optimal either. Uh, they'll get after your quarterback. So I, I'm, I'm interested to see how, how Wyoming tries to attack this because they can't, you know, this is why I say what the macro view is because Wyoming, they also have a running back that's a little bit banged up. They got some guys hurt. You wonder if you're Craig Bowen, you already stole a win over a, a power five team in, uh, in Texas Tech. You're two and oh, do you risk some of these guys playing a game that even if you play really well, you're probably not going to win. And you got a, you got a Mountain West conference that's out there that maybe with 17 returners and 10 on defense that you feel like you can be in you know make a bowl game be in competition in the Mountain West that's got to be on Craig Bowles' mind too. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And, and like you said earlier, their goal is to shorten this football game. Like the fewer possessions that each team has, that's a win for Wyoming. And uh, you can measure victories in different ways. I, I know UT fans don't understand that just because of Texas. The way to measure victory is on the football field. Uh, but if you're Wyoming, as you mentioned, you've already beaten Texas Tech. You started out 2-0. and uh, The real goal here is to win the conference, make a bowl game, uh, try to do that as well as possible. You're getting paid to come do this, right? And so you're not going to sacrifice anything for this game. But I do think they're going to come out at least in the first half and try to play, you know, really sound, fundamental football, keep this thing close, muck it up, play ugly. We'll talk about the defense in a second. Try to get a couple turnovers, try to make Quinn Ewers uh, get out of rhythm and just kind of make it to where this is still interesting in the third quarter and you learn something about your group and you give them this experience because for Wyoming, this is really cool. This is the first time they've gone on the road this year. They're going to play in front of 100,000 people against a, a team that just beat Alabama. You know, they're going to rise to the occasion. Those players are going to be motivated to come do this. Um, and it's not always about winning football games, right? It's about putting something on tape. And there's probably guys on Wyoming that that see themselves as maybe not even NFL players, but with the XFL and the USFL, if you can go have a good game, even individually uh, against a team like Texas, you can use that to kind of benefit your football career. And so I think Texas gets the best shot at Wyoming. I, I think this one may be close early just because Texas is coming off of a big win and Wyoming's not a bad football team. Uh, but over time, this Texas defense should really grind down Wyoming and not let them do much of anything once they really settle in and start figuring. They get past the script. I would imagine Wyoming's going to have 15 or 20 plays scripted. They're going to be interesting. They're going to do some stuff that maybe Texas has struggled with, try to isolate the, uh, the safeties a little bit on some deep balls or something like that. But eventually, this is going to become player versus player, and Texas just has too many of them. Yeah, maybe some of those bunch formations we saw Alabama do where you bunch three receivers, and that's where the Longhorns got beat a couple of times on some deep balls because it does get one of your best receivers on safety. They can't reroute receivers off the line. Agree with you that. It, it could look a lot like Rice. I think Rice and Wyoming would be a pretty good football game because yep. Longhorn fans know now that Texas didn't play great in the first half against Rice, but Rice is actually pretty decent. They beat Houston, a Big 12 team, last week down in that uh, Bayou Bucket game down in Houston in the, in the uh, 7-1-3. And, of course, Houston – I mean, Texas went on and beat Alabama. 
So we kind of know where you go the more football we get to see. I think Wyoming is a gritty team. Rice is a good comparison. Uh, defense is their calling card with 10 returning starters and a really good linebacker. And they think they're, and they think they're good up front. A couple of connections in this game here on the Eyes on Texas multicast, our game preview edition. We were powered and presented by Grande Equipment. Uh, I'll tell you about them a little bit more coming up. But, uh, Mike, the, the connections, right? Fred Akers, of course, came to Texas from Wyoming when they hired him to replace Daryl Royal in 1977. He had been on Daryl Royal's staff and then went off to Wyoming to coach, be a head coach for a couple of years, came back. Uh, Fred Akers on the 40 acres, which divided the fan base for quite a while. You know, your history of Texas football. That was, that was not, uh, that was not what everybody wanted was Daryl Royal to be, not be able to put Mike Campbell in place there, the defensive coordinator. It was definitely not what DKR wanted. And at that time, that is what most of the fans wanted. Um, So yeah, there's some ties there. Oscar Giles is on this Wyoming staff. He's the the defensive tackles coach, the run game uh, coordinator there in Wyoming. There are 22 Texans on this Wyoming roster. And so, you know, that's always the danger at Texas. Danger is probably too strong of a word, but they're all the other teams always going to be really motivated. There's going to be dozens of guys on that other roster who wanted to be recruited by you, or maybe grew up a Longhorn fan. And, and now they get to play in that stadium that maybe they went to games to as a kid or watched on TV. And so, you know, this Wyoming team's going to be up. They beat Texas tech. They're two and O they feel like they can pull something off here and at least make this a game. And so Texas is going to get their best shot. It's just a matter of, like we talked about earlier, uh, being mature enough to handle a couple of punches and then just kind of blowing the doors off after that. All right. There is our uh, overview of the game. We'll get specific here with the Longhorns. That overview on our preview uh, edition of the Eyes on Texas multicast presented by Dr. Greg Eckert. My dentist, you know, I like the smile, Mike. Liking that smile. Brand new. Nice. Got it last Friday, one week ago tomorrow. And absolutely loving it. Uh, restored my teeth back to their original form. You can do that too with Dr. Greg. He's absolutely the best. Give him a call. 512-345-3166 is his phone number. 512-345-3166. Dr. Record also with that Brain Vault technology where your youngster can play hard but play safe. It's not just a mouthpiece. It is uh, Brain Vault at brainvault.com. They brought you our overview. And call Dr. Record. He's done over a 1,000 cases trying to get Mike Craven in there to get some uh, some new chiclets as well, potentially. You'll have the, the pretty pearly white smile, too, and it's amazing. Did it last week, Mike, and I was in the chair for probably five or five and a half hours. But uh, the Dr. Ecker cocktail and a little <laughs> nitrous, a little nitrous, a little uh, little sedative. I fell asleep for two hours of it while they were doing this. And I wake up and I got a brand new smile. No nerves whatsoever. No anxiety. And can't wait to uh, show it off here on the multicast and other platforms. Love my smile. You will, too. Call them for a consultation. Three, four, five, thirty one, sixty six. Uh, all right. So let's go offense versus defense. Texas offense. You know, here's the debate. Uh, Sark wants to learn to you know, work on running the ball. Mm-hmm. Give me your thoughts on this. Sark, you know, we, we saw against Alabama, the run didn't come easy. It wasn't going to come easy. Rice even, they struggled running the ball, traditional running game. Uh, Wyoming's strength is their front. Oscar Giles group up front, the linebackers, their weakness is their secondary. If you're Sark, you come in and try to make a point and keep working on it with maybe a questionable C.J. Baxter as far as injury goes and Jonathan Brooks in this running game. Or do you just attack their weakness and and you know take advantage of your advantage versus their advantage? What do you, what would be your game plan here for Sark tonight? Uh, my answer to that would be yes, right? Like you know, attack their weakness early, build that big lead, get up twenty one points, make this thing a cushion deal, and then uh, once you have them on the ropes, you start working on that that running game and, and start seeing some personnel package that you know maybe you want to see in live games, but you didn't want to risk against Alabama because you're not sure. Start start doing that kind of stuff once you get that lead. I wouldn't come out and bang my head against a wall 
Um, but once you have uh, comfortably, you feel pretty good, the flow of the game's going, you kind of understand where you're at, uh, then you start doing that. But to your point, uh, why am, Wyoming is good up front, not only against the run, but they they average three and a half sacks a, a game, which I think is top 20 uh, nationally so far, uh, only allowing 2.5 yards a rush to your point, 91.5 yards a game through two games. They they completely shut down Texas's tech run game, which is one of the reasons why they were able to come back and, and pull that upset. And so uh, that is going to be the strength of their team. Uh, but if you're Texas, that's the whole point is starting to figure out kind of like they did the last seven minutes of Alabama. You want to run the football when everybody in the stadium knows that's what you're trying to do. Um, and if you're going to do that against Kansas state, if you're going to do that against TCU, some of the better games that are going to come later on in the schedule, you need to be able to do that to rice. And so I'd imagine coach flood coach Sark are in that offensive line room going, this game is on you. We're going to run the ball 40, 60 times. Like we're going to run the ball a lot. Uh, we're going to play eight or nine offensive linemen. We're going to see who the best guys are and who want to go win football games. That's kind of the motivation this week. And that's what's always nice, right? You always want to pick something uh, from your previous games, even if they're huge successes, that not you can nitpick, but that you can challenge your guys for. I think if we gave true serum to those offensive linemen, they wouldn't grade themselves all that well uh, through the first two games. And so they want to get that right and go dominate a team. This gives them an opportunity to do that against a, a pretty solid front seven. Agreed, hundred percent. And uh, you know, but I do think you're to your point. Look, this is this is college football. You know, football in general in 2023. I don't think you have to be a dominant running team. Think the Kansas City Chiefs in the NFL. Um, you know, you have to be able to run when you want to run. And the Longhorns proved they could do that last week. And that, that to me, that's that you have to be able to run on third downs. You got to be able to run the ball in the fourth quarter. Uh, in my mind, that is a great point about Texas Tech. They couldn't hold that big lead because they couldn't run the ball against this group, and they kept trying. This is where Sark could find himself in a bit of a more of a dogfight than he wants to if he doesn't take advantage of his advantage, which is your receivers and Jatavion Sanders matched up against their secondary, which isn't all that great. Even they admit it's not all that great. They gave up 17 points to Portland State. Uh, they gave up 30-plus to Texas Tech. It's there for you. Uh, and they don't have anybody that can cover Xavier Worthy or Isaiah Nair. Who's going to match up? Maybe their linebackers might match up okay with Jatavion Sanders coming off a 100-yard game. Jay Witt. Uh, I agree. You got to go at them and then try to go and, and maybe work on that run game and see what you can get. But man, when you're going head to head with that Easton Gibbs, their linebackers, an all Mountain West linebacker, one of the better linebackers you'll see. Uh, uh, so in classic Gary Patterson style linebackers, I think when you mm -hmm. see these guys and I love your point about guys from the state of Texas, these are going to be playing guys playing hard nosed, gritty. Oscar Giles going to have them fired up back in his alma mater. Agreed. This one might come a little tougher than you think offensively for Texas, but you got to take those big plays because um, they are going to try to slow this game down. And if you get some three and outs in there, you're playing right into their hands. Uh, you know, uh, trying to shorten this game, fewer possessions, be explosive early. And that's really what we saw against Alabama, Mike, that one of the things I wrote down, kind of bumper sticker. This team is explosive, but physical, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're explosive and not physical. Boy, it's tough when you can be both, when you can be explosive and then physical in the lines of scrimmage. That's a that's a team that can go win a championship. We'll see if they can. Uh, it's Texas's offense against the Wyoming defense. Texas has the advantage, especially outside with their playmakers. And our offensive preview brought to you by our friend Carlos Carrion, the Texas mortgage guy. That's the Texas mortgage guy.com. Uh, Carlos is the best when it's time for any mortgage or a new new home, even a rental property you'd like to purchase. Get Carlos going. He's a huge Texas fan. You'll love him. TheTexasMortgageGuy.com. All right, Mike, let's flip it and do some defense against their offense. We kind of mentioned it with Andrew Peasley, the quarterback. Uh, the running back is in to make his debut. You know what else is making the debut this week, uh, Mike? Is uh, the new LED lighting system. 
at the stadium. Yeah. They're yeah. going new LED lights that they put in. We'll see it for the first time. Obviously, they didn't use it during the day game against the Rice Owls. But at night game, we're going to see the new LED lighting system. So uh, for you headed to the game and present there tomorrow night, uh, let's get a report on that. Look, it's pretty cool. We've seen Georgia do it. A lot of teams in the SEC with those LED lights. They can do all kinds of cool stuff. Tech, but tech has this- it. Tech has it. Tech has pretty, it. I, I was there last week with a tech game, and they did it at night against Oregon going into the fourth quarter. It's, it's pretty cool. It's like if anybody's been to the Austin FC games, they have that too there at Q2 Stadium where they can turn that whole thing green uh, after they score. It just adds a new dynamic dynamic to it. It's, it's a lot of fun. Cool. Well, the Longhorns have invested there. They got the cash to do it. Why not? So that's cool. All right, so that matchup, Texas defense against the Wyoming offense. You mentioned it, running back that can run, uh, quarterback that can run. Not the best thrower, kind of like Jalen Milrow. He'll remind you a little bit. Maybe not quite the athlete running of Milrow, but uh, a sixth-year player, so not as inexperienced as Jalen Milrow was last week. How do you attack this if you're PK, Pete Kwiatkowski? Uh, just more of the same, or uh, any, anything jump out to you, this this matchup defense versus the Cowboys offense? Yeah, I mean, if I'm, I mean, if it ain't broke, right? You know, like you just like you you've been dominating two pretty decent offenses. Is it? I would argue this is probably the worst offense you've faced so far. Like I think the Rice offense is more dynamic just because JT Daniels and Luke McCaffrey are pretty good players. Alabama, obviously, you're not going to see a quarterback as athletic as Jalen Milrow uh, again this season. And so, uh, if, if you're Texas, you just want to play assignment sound football. Like Wyoming's only chance here to score a bunch of points is is for you to break down mentally. For them to do things that trick you or to move your eyes in a direction, and then all of a sudden a wide receiver is loose behind you. Missed tackles, the offense turning the ball over and putting you in weird spots, special teams, right? Like this is going to be one of those games where if Texas plays clean, they're going to be fine. I don't know how Wyoming blocks the front of, of Texas. And so I think it's going to come down to Wyoming's going to try to do quick passing game stuff. And it's going to be the secondary and the safeties and how they can clean that up and make tackles and not allow the, the deep ball above them. Yeah, and we talked about it on our Monday edition that dropped on Tuesday of the Eyes on Texas Multicast presented by Grande Equipment is, you know, the questions Texas had coming into the year have been answered pretty resoundingly so far. Who's playing the edge? Well, Ethan Burke's off to an all-conference kind of athletic conference game. Yeah, but he's playing at that level right now with his uh, edge performance. Anthony Hill had the big game as well. He can come off the edge when they need him. And the real part about uh, Anthony Hill and his ability to be used in a, in a variety of ways uh, is that David Benda. David Benda, as a fifth-year and veteran player, has come in next to Jalen Ford. That was a big question. David Benda has filled that role, Mike, and he's playing really good. He had a big sack, a hustle, you know, aggressive, get up get up after being blocked, sack against Jalen Milrow. Uh, he's playing a good brand of, uh, of, of that linebacker spot, which is allowing them to use Anthony Hill in a variety of ways, which makes them even deeper up front. Yeah, Benda's progression's been great. It's a lot like Jalen Ford's the year before. I mean, maybe not to that high of level uh, with with playmaking, but uh, he solidified that position. We went into 2022 wondering who was going to do that next to to Demo, and it ended up being Jalen Ford. We went into this season wondering who was going to be there next to Ford, and it looks like Benda, who's always had the talent. He was a a really good player coming out of Cato, Katie Cinco Ranch. He's shown flashes throughout his career, but he's always kind of made those mental mistakes. He's always kind of made a a couple mistakes a game that I feel like made Kwiatkowski not really trust them in big moments. Maybe because he's had to, he's allowed Benda to kind of work through those things. He made a couple mistakes uh, against Rice early on that game and then had a a really good performance. And so it looks like with more reps and with more maturity and with some age, uh, being in the same defensive system for for three seasons now, uh, he's really come along, cleaned that up, and his athleticism is starting to show through because he's not thinking as much, and you you can see that on the football field. 
Agreed. Agreed. Uh, and then that secondary has just been rock solid. Think about it for Jalen Ford. If he had caught that interception before the half against Alabama, obviously the Longhorns would have had a bigger lead at the half. But he'd have two picks in two games. This guy is just a big play waiting to happen. I assume he'll make another one on Saturday night. He's the leader of that defense. And then Benda next to him in the secondary has been outstanding. Jade Barron and Jaron Thompson with the big picks last week. Uh, they just they didn't allow Rice to do anything until that late fourth quarter drive. Uh, this one could look a little bit like that if the Longhorns are mentally there. And I feel like they will be, uh, especially on that side of the ball. That defense is playing with such confidence. Uh, PK has that team playing at a very, very high level. I worry more about the offense just being out of sync and sputtering a little bit against a good Wyoming defense, which, you know, if you're a gambling person, you could take the under. Uh, under <laughs> the number might be a way to go. Uh, or at the same time, the Longhorns could just – because one of the things my, – my sense is, and I talked to Rod Babers about this too, when you play a game that, that emotional, A, there could be a drain, but at the same time, you're back home now. It's not as hot as it's been, and you just want to go play. Like, you've just shown the world how good you are. Uh, national stage, let's go play, man. Let's go keep putting on a show, especially if you put in the week of prep and week of practice that Sark expects. If Texas does that, if this Texas group comes out and jumps out to a 28 nothing lead and doesn't fart around in the second half and the backups come in and this ends up being 49-7 to or something like that, um, the governor is off the expectations because that that's the next that's the next phase for this Texas team is to not play with their food, to not play down to competition, to show up every Saturday and be the Texas Longhorns and be the most talented group on the field. And, and it goes to Sark, too. Like we were talking about the offensive uh, script and what they were going to do. Like he's the no gas or all gas, no breaks guy. His script needs to be the same as it was Alabama, not the exact same, but it needs to be as aggressive because then you show your football team, like we're not taking this lightly. We're not doing anything different because it's Wyoming. We're trying to go blow the doors off this team. And so stay aggressive, stay aggressive on offense. If you're Pete Kukowski, stay aggressive on defense, unleash Anthony Hill, let Ethan Burke go eat, let Byron Murphy do his thing. Like you let all that stuff happen. My really only remaining question uh, for this Texas team, outside of just the ability to do it week in, week out, because we just won't know that until December, uh, is their secondary. Like, what are the safeties in space? Are they fast enough to cover r receivers down the field? We saw that with Alabama, but they won't get tested this week. This isn't the week where we're going to figure that out, out, out that answer. And it probably won't be the next week against Baylor either. Uh, that's going to be the only kind of remaining question mark for this defense. Wyoming can't do that. They can't test them in a way that's going to expose any of those potential holes. Uh, this feels like one of those games uh, that Texas defense is going to play really well, and, and the blowout's going to just be up to the offense and their ability to be in sync. And speaking of uh, explosive Wyoming receivers, Mike, uh, their most explosive receivers playing for Texas because that's Isaiah Nayor who transferred from Wyoming, and uh, I predict he's going to get a touchdown in this game. I think Sark, uh, knowing how hard of a worker he is right now, he's kind of stuck behind the, the really talented trio of Jay Witt and uh, Isaiah Nayor, excuse me, and A.D. Mitchell and, uh, and X-Man. Well, this is a guy that, that blew his knee, hurt his knee last camp, uh, one of the hardest workers on the team. I don't – there's going to be an Isaiah Nayer package. They're going to try to get him a touchdown against his former team, some former teammates of his. I bet there's a little bit of a showcase of Isaiah Nayer in this game. That, that, would, that would be Sark. Look, look, Sark admitted to us, and we played the cut on our on our earlier in the week episode, you know, he lets his players come up with some trick plays. He wants them to be thinking about it, and then he has to call them because if they're good and they – but he said, you got to have joy in football. You got to have mm -hmm. some joy. It gets to be a grind. You know, getting Isaiah Nayer going, you know, that family here, those teammates. I think Isaiah Nayer could have a big game or at least get a touchdown, have a package for him in this game uh, for sure. That's uh, that's our preview of the Texas defense against that uh, Wyoming offense. That's going to be brought to you by our friends at Hayes City Store uh, in Driftwood, Texas. 
Uh, go check them out. That scratch comfort food is unbelievable. Uh, hey City Store is a destination location. You know it if you live in Dripping, if you live in Wimberley, if you live in uh, Kyle or Buda, you're there all the time. Uh, but if you want to looking for a great place to go watch the game, go see some live music six nights a week out on the ice house as it cools down, get out to Hay City Store in Driftwood. Uh, big family of, uh, groups. We've got a birthday, an anniversary, retirement, uh, graduations. Do it at Hay City Store down in Driftwood. It is phenomenal. Uh, find all the details in that mouthwatering menu online at Hay City Store TX, HayCityStoreTX.com. Bacon all Jam. Right, Mike, uh, bacon Jam Burger. That's good stuff. That's the stuff right there. Bacon jam burger, truck stop enchiladas, chicken fried steak. Just keep on going. Plus all the beers and drinks and fun. Uh, okay, Mike, uh, let's let's get a quick recruiting update, and that'll be brought to you by friends at One Source Gas of Central Texas. Uh, we'll make our final picks on this game and uh, some ancillary stuff. But, but recruiting is a big recruiting week. You know, anybody will know. Anybody knows in the recruiting industry how big the win was at Alabama. That is a statement. 17, 18, 19 year old kids or 16, 17, 18, 19, 18 year old kids now can say, man, I liked I liked that Texas, but they're just not winning enough. Well, you beat Alabama on the road by 10 points and it could have been worse. You you and you have you already recruited Arch Manning and Anthony Hill. And they're those guys are already playing right. They're already to make freshmen are playing significant roles on this team. Um, it's going to be hard to, to recruit against Texas right now. How big was that for you? The Longhorns. And, and by the way, they're bringing Colin Simmons and a bunch of non-committed players to this game this becomes a build on it game for the the future Longhorns yeah I mean Texas never really struggled to recruit obviously I mean even in their down years they're signing top 10 classes but when you combine the move to the SEC with Texas's ability in the NIL world uh, to the city of Austin and now you add winning and not just winning but winning big games marquee primetime games um, there's not much I mean Sark we talked about it on the Monday show you know, it's going to be more the kids recruiting Sark than Sark recruiting the kids now. They're going to have to start, you know, beating them off with a broom like on, on Forrest Gump or whatever. Like, that, that's going to be Sark. And Mac faced that problem where, you know, every every year they play Oklahoma or one of those teams and it'd be like, oh, this is revenge for this guy not getting recruited by Mac. And it's not that Mac didn't think he was a good player. It's just that he had 20 other players that were already signed that were really good football players. Like, Sark is going to enter that moment. Uh, and so that, that's a good place to be. It's a star-studded list this week. As, as you mentioned, Colin Simmons' town, uh, who's kind of like the bell cow of this class, who's, who's a very sticky guy. Like, he's he's one of those guys that other players really love that's going to rally around him. Uh, you know, I, I'd imagine it's a, it's a good weekend for Texas. It's going to be a lot of fun for those recruits, too. It's not 105 degrees outside. It should be a pretty manageable game where Texas is going to win. It's night game where the, the, the fans should be excited, should be pumped. Um, I think big boy – right is like at at Longhorn City limits or something like that and so uh, it's going to be a party on the 40 acres uh, hopefully the team steps up and if so uh, that's going to be a big big day for the recruiting side of it all right Craven tell me tell the old guy big boy give me your review what are we doing what is big boy all about yeah so he was an outcast uh with Andre 3000 oh, okay. yeah oh, okay. yeah, yeah he, he's, that, he's the other outcast guy they've kind of split up a little bit as they've gotten older uh but a lot of great hits a lot of really good rappers from Atlanta um, so probably more my generation than this generation, uh, but still will be a lot of fun on, on, on uh, Longhorn City Limits. I always get that wrong. I want to call it ACL, but it's LCL. LCL, yeah. Like the uh, thing that yeah. I tore in my knee. That's right, the LCL. Uh, Longhorn City Limits will be cranking before the game with Big Boy. And yeah, it's one of those you may not know. You'll know every song, though. Mm -hmm. you know, you, if they're playing all the outcast hits, you'll know them uh, for sure. Uh, I would also say uh, earlier this week, Micah Hudson, the big uh, – five-star receiver from Temple Lake Belton committed to 
Texas Tech. Not a huge surprise for most in the recruiting industry. His father played football at Texas Tech in the late 80s for four years. Um, and Just give me your thoughts on that. That's a big get for Texas Tech. Yeah, big get for Texas Tech, uh, their highest rated recruit ever if he ends up signing there. You know, I think the the obviously being a legacy helped. Uh, but we got to remember, Joey McGuire and a lot of that staff was in Waco previously uh, when when Micah Hudson was first starting to become like, oh, man, this kid at Lake Belton is going to be really, really good. And so Brian Nance, uh, Joey McGuire himself, a lot of those guys behind the scenes that are the personnel guys at Tech, they've had a relationship with Micah Hudson since he was 14 or 15 years old. And so uh, I always get kind of bugged when like a big time recruit goes to a non-traditional place. And then like Texas fans are like, oh, he's just taking the bag. You know, it's like, well, it's Texas. Like Texas had just as much money as Texas Tech. Like it's not always a money thing. Some guys just want to go play somewhere else and that's okay. Wish them the best of luck. It's not like you're going to have to face them anymore. And so uh, Hudson's going to be one of those dudes that's, that's a transformative play, player. Like he is, he is Garrett Wilson level good as a recruit. I don't know if he turns out to be that way because there's a lot of variables, but as a recruit, he is Garrett Wilson level good, uh, a huge get for Texas Tech. And I think it's a, a sign that in the NIL world with the 12 team playoff, places like Texas Tech can start getting some of these players. And I think that's good for college football. We've seen the last 10 to 15 years, this collection of talent in only a certain places. Like, go look up the blue chip ratio compared to what it was in 2000 to what it is now. Like, the best players play in the exact same spots. Uh, if we can get more of those five stars to go to Texas Tech and go to these different places, I think it makes college football more fun. It makes it more even, uh, and it's going to be more exciting and lead to, to better matchups down the road. So great for Texas Tech. And then on the Texas side of it, they're going to be fine. Like if you if Sark is your head coach, wide receiver is not going to be an issue for you. So uh, losing out on a Micah Hudson is going to be okay for the University of Texas. Great. And one of those names to watch for is Ryan Wingo. He's a five-star recruit from St. Louis, Missouri, who uh, – Sark has been recruited, recruiting personally. Uh, you know, some believe that he even targeted Ryan Wingo at 6'2 and over 200 pounds over Micah Hudson, uh, kind of fearing that Hudson was going to end up at Tech anyway because of that relationship Joey McGuire built with him and the legacy side. But, uh, you know, when the Longhorns had a, had a receiver, remember when uh, Chris Jackson, before he was hired, uh, when, when – uh, when Brendan Marion moved on to go be an offensive coordinator at UNLV, they got a vacancy, and Sark began recruiting Ryan Wingo personally. Uh, so this is a personal recruit for him. Uh, so Nat's a name. He's going to be here this weekend uh, with this whole contingent of, of uh, 2024 non-committed players and Colin Simmons. And, you know, this might wrap up our conversation of recruiting on brought to you by One Source Gas of Central Texas. Uh, the impact of that Alabama win and whatever this team becomes – you know, people want the immediate impact because then there's like, oh, my gosh, Michael Hudson, why did he go there? That will be felt by the 25 and 26 class as much as anything, right? Those kids that are 15 and 16 and sophomores and juniors, that's when you'll see that impact more than even this this year's class. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, 70% of the, the best players in the state and in the country are, are pretty much committed to schools. I mean, there's going to be flips and stuff. But yeah, this this will be one of those wins that you'll start seeing it more. You'll close and cherry pick on some big time players down the stretch because of it. Uh, but yeah, the, the real results will be the 2025 class, the 2026 class that you can recruit for a full year with that Alabama win. All right. One Source Gas of Central Texas, your headquarters for my buddy Richard Strever and his team, our buddy. Uh, with all of your gas needs, if you're on a bar, restaurant, and you need your beer taps and the CO2, 
you're a, you know, in the uh, medical field, dentistry, like Dr. Greg Eckert, and you need that CO2 and the, the, the gases, uh, make sure you're using One Source Gas of Central Texas. Uh, they're a local company that's growing like crazy, started just in Austin. Now they're down in San Marcos and north into Williamson County, down in San Antonio, because they do it better. It's a small operation, but boy, they're nimble and do a great job. Find One Source Gas online at One Source Gas. ATX.com. That's one source gas, ATX.com. They bring our recruiting update uh, here in our preview on a Friday for the Eyes on Texas multicast presented by our friends at Grande Equipment. Speaking of being nimble, independent, and playing in the big leagues, that's Grande Equipment for any heavy equipment needs you have, projects large or small, no one better than my buddy Wes and his team at GrandeEquipment.com. All right, Mike, final picks here. The seven o'clock kick, LHN. I said on the radio show today and this week that uh, this is the Saturday, Mike, that if you want to do good by the wife or the girlfriend, <laughs> this might be the Saturday that yeah. you, hey, honey, want to go to dinner or go to lunch, go do something nice, do a yard project or something, because it's not a great weekend of college football. It's really not. This, you know, All Texas fans will tune into this Wyoming game. How long is it a game becomes the question. Shouldn't be too long. Uh, same time, there's not a single matchup of ranked teams and I looked into head to next week, Mike, there could be as many as 12 matchups of ranked teams next week. Next week is gangbusters. So be nice to the wife this weekend or this Saturday. Maybe maybe do something she doesn't expect uh, would be my piece of advice to you here on the Eyes on Texas multicast. Yeah. And, and don't tell her or him if you're a female really into sports. Don't don't tell them that it's because it's the bad week. Just be like, no, I mean, you're more important than football. It's, it's still September. Let's just go out to, to dinner. I'll miss this week. You know, no big deal. Just kind of play it cool off, like Mike. that. Yeah. It's yeah. cooling off. Yeah. Let's go have some fun. You know, it's it's week three. Uh, it's not conference games yet. Let's just go you and me have some fun and then tell her goodbye for the rest of the year. That's right. Yeah. And then no, by next Saturday, lock the door. <laughs> right. Leave me alone. I'm locked <laughs> right. in because these games are unbelievable. Friday, by the way, there's a bunch of Friday games next weekend, next Friday, including uh, Cincinnati and Oklahoma, and then, then three Pac-12 games on a Friday. So we'll get to preview in those next week, but not a single matchup of ranked teams. That's why ESPN College Game Day is going to Boulder for Colorado, Colorado State, because of the Deion Sanders thing. What's your pick on this game, Mike? What do you, uh, would you, the 28-point number, 28-and-a-half, would you lay it or play it? You know, I, I tend to stay away from stuff, either, you know, taking it or giving it that, that when it's that high, like that, just that many points. Cause that's going to come down to backups and who has the ball last and back backdoor cover. I do think Texas wins this one pretty easily. I think I would say, you know, 35 to 10 or somewhere around there. So that's be a 25 point. So I guess I would give it to Wyoming uh, if I had to, just because I think they're a pretty good team and I, I don't see uh, UT just trying to blow the doors open. I think this may be a game. We see Malik Murphy. We see a lot of running the football in the second half by both teams to shorten down the clock. So to your point, I think the under uh, may be the best play, but you know, anytime you're getting 20 and a half, 28 and a half points, I'm usually going to give that to the other team. Yeah. The over under is 49. So Vegas is kind of in on that too. That would be less than 50, but your score would do that. 35 to 10 is 45. I think that's about a good number, maybe 41 to does Wyoming get in the end zone will become a question for me. Uh, might be the runner, uh, but I would lean under with that. But, uh, yeah, the spread now up to 29 and a half here on this Friday. So might want to avoid that. A lot of big spreads, as we said, this weekend across yeah. college. Well, do you have any favorite picks, Mike? Any favorite picks that, are, that you're going to look at? Or, uh, or are we going to wait till next weekend with all the big games, including your alma mater, UTSA, against Tennessee next week? So, yeah, uh, not, big one. not looking forward to that one. Up? That one's going to be pain uh, for us roadrunners. I would I would actually fade UTSA this week. I mean, the last time I looked that they're eight and a half point favorites against U, uh, Army, which doesn't seem like that much. 
but I'm not sure Frank Harris, their quarterback, is going to play. Uh, he was walking around in a boot yesterday on campus. There was a couple of pictures of him kind of handing out donuts, you know, doing kind of the the on-campus drive for for tickets because it's a home game on a Friday night, and he was in a boot. So if he does play or doesn't play, uh, I'm not sure he even finishes the game. And so if, if Frank's not in there, that that's probably more of a three, four-point spread. So I'd go there. And then the only real game in the state that's of any true interest is uh, TCU at Houston. Um, not necessarily because it's a great game. I, I don't think TCU is as good as they were last year, obviously. Uh, Houston just lost to Rice. Uh, but, you know, Sonny Dykes and Dana Holgerson have known each other since 1999. They were on Mike Leach's first staff there at Texas Tech. You know, Mike Leach actually went into the, the offices in 99 uh, and saw them not doing anything. And Leach took out a map and he pointed to Houston and told Dana Holgerson to go recruit there. And he pointed to DFW and he told Sonny Dykes to go recruit there. 23 years later, those two guys were leading programs in those cities. So uh, kind of a cool Mike Leach connection in that game. Uh, I think TCU is going to win, but I, I think Houston's going to keep it close uh, just because it's their first Big 12 game, a lot of momentum. So that would be cool to see Houston kind of galvanize behind a, a Big 12 team for the first time. Great stuff from Mike Craven, senior writer at Dave Campbell's Texas Football, telling you those stories here on the Eyes on Texas multicast. My picks, I do like Texas 41-7. to seven. I'm going to say 41-7. Longhorns win the ball game and cover. I also like Penn State to blow out Illinois this weekend, Mike. I know I, Illinois is awful uh, for Brett Bielema, and I think Penn State might be a sneaky top five team right now with Michigan and Ohio State there. I also like K-State against Missouri. They're, they're favored by four. Got to take some favorites this weekend if you're going to play, I think. You, you got to find the underdogs. But I think the favorites are going to have their day. And I'm also going to take Duke. Duke playing Northwestern, they're awful. They're awful. <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to yeah. gobble that. I think Mike, you're going to have a hard time scoring on Mike Elko. As for your UTSA Army game, what about under? What about under? Because neither team is going to score a lot of points in that game. That might be a, a way to go just to have some fun with the games. If you're going to be out with the wife, you can check the uh, check the games on your phone. But those are some I like. I like K-State because I think they're better than people think. I think Penn State's better than people think, and Illinois is awful. And I like Duke and Mike Elko's defense against uh, – uh, in their game this weekend. All right, Mike, good stuff right there. There is the uh, That's going to put a wrap on the preview edition of the Eyes on Texas Multicast, uh, keeping you on top of all things Texas football, available to watch weekly on the Dave Campbells and the Horn in Austin YouTube pages and channels. It's also available for download through iTunes and Spotify or wherever you find podcasts. Thank you so much to Carlos Carrion, thetexasmortgageguy.com, Hayes City Store in Driftwood, uh, also hit One Source Gas of Central Texas, Dr. Greg Eckert, and uh, my new teeth and my new smile and his brain vault technology. Uh, also our presenting sponsor, Grande Equipment, online at grandeequipment.com. Mike, have a great weekend. Where are you going this weekend? Where's your game? Uh, TCU at Houston. I'll be in uh, Third Ward eating some French's chicken, having a good time. So it's, uh, I don't know if the game will be any good, but my trip will be fun. Yes. And you can get a preview because the Longhorns will play in that stadium in South Houston uh, coming up in a few weeks, November the uh, October 21st. So bring back a full scatter report, crowd, uh, and the great storyline you just laid out with Dana Holgerson and uh, and uh, Sonny Dykes. That'll be fun. Longhorns in Wyoming coming up 7 o'clock tomorrow night. Enjoy that game. We'll be talking about it on our Monday edition, which will drop on Tuesday of the Eyes on Texas Multicast, prom uh, presented by Grande Equipment.